Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the sweet, creamy, delicious cream spot. I'm your co-host, the delicious Nickalicious. I'm here with my best friend in the entire world. Rob Dog. Hi guys. He's really uh he's really doing a good job being a human today. He's trying real hard. I'm living. Most days I get him down here, I gotta shock him, get him yeah. awake, just uh, spit on it. Usually on death's bed. But today we are not social distancing yet. No. The news just came down from the federal government, Mr. Cheeto Man himself. We're gonna be six feet apart until may, the end of may yeah as of right now that means our kids are out of school until the end of may i'm fucking sick of doing their damn work it's all i can tell you they're helping them with their work my kids are doing really good i've heard let me tell you something first off if you're a teacher and you listen to us i want to let you know that you literally have every parent's respect after this time you don't have my respect <laughs> fuck you <laughs> 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 no, fuck that. You <laughs> you guys you guys are the fucking the backbone of of these kids. We don't, I don't fucking know shit. You're the stupid mother. I was trying to take a nap underneath the desk one day in computer lab and you guys wrote me up for skipping cuz you couldn't find me. You looked out through your office window and you couldn't see me sleeping underneath the desk, so you wrote me up for skipping. You fucking teachers did that. <laughs> and then I got called down to the office and I got suspended for 2 days because I was skipping. I was just taking a nap underneath the computer desk. So fuck you. That's Nick the ying to my yang. <laughs> and I, my kids are smart. They don't need my help, so they don't need your help either. They did it on their. They did it by themselves using YouTube and Dora the Explorer. That's, there you go. Luckily, my my oldest got sent home with his with his uh, iPads. He he does his <coughs> shit on his own, but the other two are like running around, fucking licking the floors and stuff. So I got to get on them to <laughs> it, do their stuff. It makes you have a whole new appreciation for dealing with. We're only trying to manage two people, two kids essentially. Yeah. And they manage 30, 25, 30 kids at a time. It's crazy. It's absolutely incredible. Pay these people more. Yeah. I saw one teacher at my middleest daughter's school. She had a mustache. She was a female. Yeah. <laughs> Not much more of that story other than that. It was a nice mustache. It looked pretty like she tried to take care of it, but just didn't do a good job knocking it back. You feel me? Yeah, I feel you. I like chicks with mustaches. I too. It tickles the balls. Shout out to my mom, Brenda. <laughs> thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> and thanks to our new Patreon subscribers. Caleb Houston. Thanks, buddy. I'm on it. <laughs> and next, we have a pledge that came via Hannah Tackett, but she wants to give a special shout out to her fiance, Matt Newman. She said, Tell Matt 
thank you. I love you so much for being a uh, finger in the booty bitch. Oh, yeah. she's up there with Kanye. She didn't really say that. Okay. Well, I don't want to cause their divorce before they even get okay. the ball rolling. But thanks for listening to the show, guys. Maybe just aired out their dirty laundry and her dirty finger. Yeah. Um. Next, we got Cab or C-A-B. Right. That's a good one. Yeah. I put that one up there for you. Yep. <laughs> Brooks Wyatt. Thanks, Brooks, for listening to the show, pal. Ron Singleton. Sounds like a country singer. And last but not least, Joe Diffie. Thanks. For- <laughs> oh. Speaking of country singers. <laughs> Corona got him. Rest in peace, man. R.I.P. First, first celebrity to go. The jukebox. Would you consider him a celebrity, though? That's like a no. I wouldn't. Uh, Maybe back in like '93. The tailband gives off a romantic. Glo- I don't. And then he sings the, the yeah yeah. I remember the, prop the me up beside the jukebox yeah. if I die. Which... Yeah, that's one. Yeah. Joe Diffie. R.I.P. Rest in peace, buddy. And last but not least, we got Clarion Taylor. Clarion, thank you for your generous pledge to the Brohio Podcast. We would like to invite you to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Brohio Podcast. Once a week, we usually hit you with a funny news article. This week is no fucking different. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about this week, though. Everyone's everyone's watching The Tiger King on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Have you watched it? Fuck yeah, I did. How long ago did you watch it? Uh, we finished it beginning of last week how we, we watched it like three days after it came out on netflix how did you not tell me about this i don't know i don't know i we have so many people that came to us and said this is right up your guys's fucking alley. yeah yeah and then after me spending two minutes with joe exotic i said i have found the man of my dreams i mean it's it i've never been into a story so much that and once it was over i wanted like 10 more episodes there's still so much fucking more that they could. Uh, yeah, there's. That they could well, do. I'm not. I'm not done yet. I got two episodes left. Okay, but I've been working real hard on my tiger by Joe Exotic. Uh, my impression. I think he's. I think he does a real good job with the tigers and shit. I don't know if you know this, but he's a. Uh, he's pretty much Milli Vanilli. He doesn't sing those songs. I know that. Okay. I knew that I from as soon as he. As I didn't know if you knew that or not. You can tell by the voice; it's not even the same. And it is. If you've not watched, you've not hopped on. Go check it out. And that's kind of what we're doing here is striking while the iron's hot covering the uh, Zanesville Animal Massacre. That's all everybody's talking about. It's great. It references, in the very beginning of Tiger King, they mm-hmm. reference this, how it changed everything for exotic animal owners. Right. And it's funny because before this even started, uh, before I started to get into the show, I was telling my wife, I was like, man, this is like shit that happened at Zanesville. And then they started talking about it. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. I told yeah. you. I told you. <laughs> yeah. This Zanesville is about uh, two and a half hours away from where we live at here right. in Dayton. It's, it's huge news. It's in Ohio. Real big story. But we have another story for you here this week. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is kind of the American spirit right here. It says there was a viral video of quarantined Italians, which they've all died in Italy. Doesn't They're all gone now. <laughs> Singing out of their windows. It was truly beautiful. What an amazing, haunting, and organic moment caught on video. And this is a video from Twitter. It's Italians singing out of their windows to one another. Listen to that, Rob. Beautiful. That's, I can smell the fucking spaghetti from here. <laughs> I could smell Mario's tank. Smell the peach tea at Olive Garden if I close my eyes. <laughs> Olive Garden, like the most non-Italian thing ever. <laughs> I like the dog. 
dog's like, shut up! Fuck you! Quit! Dogs are the worst. <laughs> yeah, so they're doing that in Italy. They're singing to themselves. It's new. It's new mystery that we're pretty much quarantine nationwide here yeah, yeah, yeah. in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Ground zero for the coronavirus is New York City, where of course. everyone is sick. That's because they all yeah. live on top of one another. Yeah, and there's 900 million people there. <clears throat> this article Not says, accurate, but- Italy has been through hell, and that moment was magical and raw and so very human. However, the reason it was all of those beautiful things is that it happened organically. It came from the heart at a moment of desperation and even some hopelessness. Those moments that come from such raw emotions are hard to recreate, even when the circumstances are similar. A quarantine man in New York City discovered that the hard way when he tried to recreate that very magical moment by singing out of his window. However, instead of inspiring others to sing along, this is what he got. It's so New York. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, uh, why don't you shut your fucking pie hole, mister? <laughs> Man, it's really not so bad. Most New Yorkers will tell you that yelling at other people is how they quit bond. <laughs> I'm so out of loop there. So maybe this was a beautiful magical moment after all, New York style. <laughs> so when I tell my wife we're going to do it New York style, she dresses up like a Ninja Turtle, and then I chase her around the house. Trying to catch her, trying to get the use on her. You know yeah, what I mean? I feel you. <laughs> you know you feel me all yep. the way. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. So if you're in New York City, please stay inside <laughs> your house because you are literally spreading this shit the entire <laughs> fucking United States. It's staggering. They account for 50% of the cases. I'm. We have some really wonderful fans in New York City and in New York specifically. But, um, you know, our hearts are with you guys. Just take it. <laughs> Take it fucking easy for a few days. My wife yeah, got man. some paint. We're going to paint the living room today. Uh, she got laid off last week. So mm-hmm. the coronavirus has reached into the Alexander house. But Same here, yeah. We're going to be okay. Yeah, it's it's a interesting time to be alive. Kill me. It's something that we're going to be able to brag about in a long, long time. Maybe. Yeah, I live through the Rona. And I think here's- there you go. Yeah, exactly. I don't think, um, I can't remember if I said this last week or not, I don't think this is going to be, it's going to end as quickly as they think it's going to. I think this is going to last well into the summertime. I think it's not going to, I think it's going to start to die off once it starts to get really fucking hot, like into, you know, August. I think that's when it's going to start to slow down. At that point, our summer is going to be taken away from us. Mm -hmm. And then, man, I think it's going to plateau, and then I think it's going to hit hard again because people are going to be so desperate to get the fuck out of the house that everybody's going to yeah. just say, screw it, and go out, and then we're going to get swept. I can't remember if I... I'm fine memory shit. Another thing I'm thinking is they're giving us all of these... They're giving us these quarantines and uh, precautions, telling us to stay in the house, telling us to stay away from one another, which you and I have oops, not done. Yeah. Um. I think that what's going to happen, if all of these things work, if we stay inside and it doesn't quite spike like it's supposed to, mm-hmm. if it doesn't spike and we don't lose 200,000 people, I, I'm i happy for that. But if that doesn't happen, all of these people are going to say, why the fuck are we staying inside if no one's going to fucking die? Well, you stayed inside. Yeah, exactly. And you saved everybody's lives. So then 
in a few years when something else really bad is happening and the president gets to the podium and says, I need, and it'll probably be you or I at this point, mm-hmm. uh, just being completely uh, blunt about all of it. It'll probably be you or I. I would think so. We'll probably have to put you in front. I talk way too fucking much and they will probably like you. Like a, I'll be the... I'll be the crazy one in the background. Okay. You'll be the one like, it's going to be okay. I'm just in the background. Everything's on fucking fire! <laughs> You're shaking your head no. <laughs> so when this president comes to the podium in a few years and says, guys, we got to stay inside. Everyone's going to be like, I've fucking been through this before. Yeah, and, yeah. And they're not going to heed the advice. They're just going to go out and do whatever. <sighs> and it's going to make it so much worse. This is totally cramping my style too, man, because I'm very social. And every weekend I'm either having people over or hanging out or doing something and I fucking can't. I know. It's hurting me. You used to be so sad when you'd come over here, but now you're happy. But I, I know you're happy now because yeah. you just want social contact. Getting the fuck out of the house. <laughs> it's great. Extroverts are dying right now. Yeah. I don't like it, dude. It, like I said, it's really, it's, it's sad, but I'm going to just keep doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. We got a show schedule that we have to fucking get rid of and possibly reschedule and all that good all, stuff. Yeah, all of it's going away yeah. for sure. So, yeah. What can you do? Sad stuff. Rona. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we are covering the Zanesville Animal Massacre. Uh, This was the catalyst and the, I guess, the inspiration behind a lot of the exotic animal laws in... Ohio Governor John Kasich signed Senate Bill 310, a law regulating the possession of dangerous wild animals and restricted snakes into law on June 5th of 2012. This law generally prohibits any person from owning, trading, selling, or offering for sale a dangerous wild animal, knowingly removing a microchip that is implanted in a dangerous wild animal, allowing a dangerous, you know, it's all this you can't have a fucking wild animal in Ohio anymore. Yeah, and that's <laughs> it, it's really it's really crazy. And I just want to get, take this opportunity to say, if you know or if you do any type of big cat breeding, Nick, what's our PO box? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Send us a tiger. PO box six seven two Vandalia, Ohio four five three seven seven. All this time, man, two grand. I could have got me a fucking baby tiger. I yeah. Two to five grand. I, I'm just. How did we not know about this story? How did I not know about Joe Exotic? Right. Of all the dirty digging we do on the internet, how did right. we not know about this guy? I know it's crazy. He is a gay, meth-addicted, gun-toting, polygamist, Liberace-looking. Well, he's perfect for us. He really is. We he's could our people. Have got him on this show. I yeah. know it. 
I knew he would have been accessible enough to to come on this show. Especially, no doubt, he has an ego, so he there's no no way he wouldn't. Especially with the footprint that he has on the internet, <clears throat> you guys got to go watch this show. But um, I'm assuming at this point most people have. <clears throat> God, I'm falling apart. Now, what animals are considered dangerous wild animals according to this Senate bill that was signed into law? Hyenas, gray wolves, ex- excluding hybrids, swamp donkeys, <laughs> lions, tigers. Don't say it. Jaguars, <laughs> leopards, including clouded leopards, Sunda clouded leopards, and snow leopards. Yeah. All of the following, including hybrids with domestic cats, unless otherwise specified. Cheetahs, lynxes, including Canadian lynxes, cougars, or mountain lions. Oh, okay. Caracals, several excluding hybrids with domestic cats, commonly known as savanna cats. Bears, elephants, rhinoceroses, hippopotamuses, cape buffaloes, African wild dogs. What the fuck is an African wild dog? Hyena? Komodo dragons? Hell yeah. Alligators, crocodiles, caimans. Oh, caimans. Yeah, I know those are. Excluding dwarf caimans. Oh, okay. Good. Gharials. Maybe there's like gay gerbils, I think. (laughs) Non-human primates, other than lemurs and non-human primates specified. All of the following non-human primates. Golden lion, blackface lion, golden rumped lion. <laughs> blackface lion, that's racist. Cotton top, emperor, saddleback, black mantle, southern and northern night monkeys. <laughs> I heard something outside. Go see if it's a night monkey. <laughs> it's a southern north, southern northern. What the f- A dusky titty and a masked titty monkey. <laughs> True, dude. I'm not misreading that. No way. It's a titty monkey. <laughs> I think that's what I might be, the titty monkey. <laughs> that's definitely me. Uh, all kinds of monkeys. Black, bearded, white-nosed, bearded monkeys, <laughs> sackies, bald and black, <laughs> black-handled, white-bellied, brown-headed, black spider monkeys, <laughs> the fuck? common wooly monkeys, red, black, and mantled howler monkeys. I just want to see a titty monkey now. I'm going to go look at one up. Can't have these in Ohio, and I think this is pretty much the premise for the entire country. You may have marmosets, capuchins, lemurs, and squirrel monkeys. So, <clears throat> why? There's a titty monkey for you. <laughs> the cute little shit. It doesn't look like a titty monkey. No, it doesn't. But he likes titties, though. If I someone said, draw me a picture of a titty monkey, <laughs> wouldn't look like that. <laughs> Definitely would have a lot bigger titties. <laughs> or just like I have a handful of titties that it ripped off and just hopping around ripping titties off. It's got an impressive tail, though. Yeah. I I think it might be a TT. I think it might be pronounced TT. I like titty, though. Uh, Red titty monkey. <laughs> It's like it's T I T I. So yeah, yeah. T T T I T I. Well, fucking monkey, dude. Doesn't matter. It's a small little monkey. Oh, okay. So the story centers around our friend Terry Thompson, and anytime we have the opportunity to have a main character named Terry, we cease Man. the moment. Carpe diem, right? Right. Let's go ahead and tell you about Terry Thompson. Terry Thompson had a, or as we like to call him, T T, because he was the T T monkey man. Uh, his friends called him T. Now, Terry Thompson, he had a fairly normal childhood. He grew up on a farm with both parents present. It's very important to, very, to know that, that mm-hmm. he had a very stable home. And having both parents doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a stable home, but he was in a stable home. Right. The farm was near an airport, and people in the community recall he was always on his bike, riding around the airport and watching the planes take off. He was an Eagle Scout, I do believe. <laughs> of course he was. I think he was an Eagle Scout. Okay. I could be wrong about that, but uh, one of his high school sweethearts recalls how beautiful his blue eyes were. He always had multiple girlfriends as well, and he was very quick to swoop in on the ladies that were already in relationships. So, hey, hey, get it, boy. 
he had a really good time in high school. He was doing a lot of stuff. He, he it didn't stop him. If she was dating, it doesn't matter. He doesn't matter. He's swooping in and taking it out. Feel me? I feel you. My phone keeps on going off. I know, man. You've got to set the vib- vibrator mode over Very there. Very popular man this evening. But that childhood came to a grinding halt when he reached probably the most defining moment of his entire life. That's a really long screwdriver you found over there. Tiny handle and a little screwdriver. Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> Shove that in my wiener. He was drafted into the Vietnam War. And if you're oh, not no. familiar with the Vietnam War... It was a completely senseless war that America fought pretty much against ourselves in the late 60s and early 70s. Sounds like almost all wars of the last 60 years. Yeah. People that worked around him later in his life said he would make completely certain that you knew he served in the Vietnam War. He was not, he was very, he kind of used it as a crutch, but mm-hmm. he had to let people know that he was a veteran of the Vietnam War. He was a NAM. He was very upset with the U.S. government for making him participate in that war and making him perform the acts that he was a part of. That was the overall consensus of people that I know that were involved. I only know, I've only met two people, spoke with two people that were actually in the Vietnam War. One was a good friend of ours, his uncle. This guy would, and I would go with this friend, his family gatherings when we were younger, mm-hmm. and he had an uncle. They would just sit in the corner and fucking stare at the corner of the ceiling. Just, lights are on, nobody's home, buddy. And then one day, my friend told me, he said he was in Vietnam. He just fucked up after that. And I said, oh, okay. I don't ever want to go there. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, right. <laughs> and... uh I remember in the eighth grade, we had a really creepy teacher that used to stare at our classmates' tits and put them in the front row. Oh, yeah. You yeah. remember him? Mm-hmm. Okay. Really creepy guy. Harry, oh, yeah. Harry, Harry guy. Yeah. Um, we had a project for extra credit. We get a huge chunk of extra credit if we interviewed a war veteran. Mm-hmm. You were you were there for all this. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yep. He said, um. Uh, I want to encourage you guys to take the opportunity to interview a war veteran, whether it be a Persian Gulf veteran like myself, a World War II veteran, maybe even some living World War I veterans. And I remember my dad, he worked at a transmission shop on the west side of Dayton in a really bad spot. Mm-hmm. He had a friend named Lucky that I recall my dad speaking about Lucky that he was in the Vietnam War. And I raised my hand. I said, what about if we know someone in the Vietnam War and our teacher said, you can speak to him, but I would tread lightly. Right. And I just like, what the fuck that's supposed to mean? <laughs> you want to talk to everybody else, but not the, there was probably a lot more Vietnam veterans yeah, alive than yeah. any other. So mm-hmm. I went home and I asked my dad, I said, dad, I need uh, extra credit for this class. I want to interview Lucky. And he's like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to fucking do that, boy. Uh <laughs> I said, well, do you know anybody else that's a veteran? He said, my dad was in World War II. Um, I said, well, your dad fucking died a year before I was born, so I think we're going to have to... <laughs> Thanks for helping. Default to Lucky here. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I remember we set it up, and it was the middle of a day on a Thursday or something like that after I got off of school. My mom took me to the transmission shop, and I walk in, and there's a dude, just big beard, long hair, sitting on the chair that just, you know, the transmission shop was greasy it was a transmission yeah. shop on the west side and i walk in and uh, my mom opens the door and lets me in and then the 
I turn around and my mom's already in the car leaving. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> she just threw you to the wolves. Yeah. And uh, I had my little notebook with me and I was going to sit down and take a, and do this interview with him. And my dad said, Nick, that's lucky. Lucky. Nick wants to talk to you about uh, some stuff. And then my dad went into the garage. <laughs> he didn't even want to start. And then Lucky's like, what do you want to talk about? You want to interview me? Why do you want to interview me for? And I said, I want to interview you. I got to interview a veteran about um, Vietnam War. And he said, Vietnam. I said, yeah. He said, popped his leg off. He said, where I lost my fucking leg. <laughs> oh, my oh, my gosh. Shit. Three seconds into this conversation, this man's waving a prosthetic <laughs> leg in my face. And not, a, this thing stunk like a fuck, like <laughs> the cheese that builds up transmission shop leg. <laughs> this No. Like, if you jerked off into your belly button for 30 days straight, and then on the 31st day, you took a ladle and just got it all out and smelled it. That's what this leg smelled like when he was waving it through the air. I remember That's I was so like, eighth grade, it fucking gagged me. So... I'm fairly certain that he lost his leg all the way up to his nuts, and this prosthetic leg probably oh rested against his nutsack. And that's the smell I was getting when he popped it off and started waving it around. Anyways, he tells me the story about how he was into telecommunicate. He would set up communication lines mm-hmm. in Vietnam for, for different uh, parts of the country. He got stranded at the top. His equipment failed him at the top of one of these poles. So he was up there, and then he had what were these guys coming by called Charlie's and I've heard, you know, Charlie's in the trees, whatever. That's what they call the, the people they were fighting in Vietnam or Charlie's. And he had to defend himself up in top, up on top of this pole from these passing Charlie's, but they didn't know he was up there. They, they would come by and he killed 13 of them in like two days. And he, dang, and it said he put the ears on necklaces. Just, I think that's a thing that they used to do. But he said, I got a necklace with 13 fucking ears. And uh, then I started, I'm like eighth grade. And I started doing the math in my, in my, in my head. And, I, and at first I asked him, like, what, what do you mean ears for my interview? And he said, we would kill them and then we'd cut their ears off. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, so you killed six and a half guys? <laughs> he said, no, I took one fucking ear off of each guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're your father's son, aren't you? <laughs> so upset. So mad. But, um, so I finished the interview, nothing else crazy went on, but then a few years later, my dad told me that Lucky had a room in his house, he would go, and his family knew if he was in there for a, an extended amount of time. He was jerking off. Not to fight, no. Okay. <laughs> he, was, he was polishing his stinky leg. <laughs> they knew if he went in there for an extended period of time, not to go in there, because he would have these episodes, these PTSD episodes, and if you walked into that room when he was in there, he would start firing his gun at whoever oh, walked shit. in. There was holes all over the walls where he just fucking... Shoot at people! Oh my god! So they and then he was in there for like three days, and then they started a smell that he 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 died in there when he first went in there. So they went in there and they found they're like they they let him sit in there for three days because they're afraid to go in there. And his family finally made the call to crack the door, and he'd been dead for three days, and he was starting to stink. But he was a that guy was fucked up, dude. Yeah, and it was all because of Vietnam. It was. Just I've heard a lot. I mean, not stories like that, but a lot of like you know mental instability because of that. Yeah, it's dude. PTSD is a tough thing, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a fucking. I I don't suffer. I mean, I get a little bit from the prisons, uh, small things that set me off. But it's just like a like a rush of adrenaline. You know, it's not mentally debilitating like some of these guys are dealing with, mm-hmm. which which sucks. Yeah. 
So that's just setting up what Vietnam was like for a lot of people. It was a bad place. And Terry Thompson was in Vietnam, so he was probably dealt with a lot of stuff. His military paperwork uh, said he was a mechanic, but he tells a different story. He was actually, he said he was a door gunner on a Huey helicopter. Oh, nice. And a, a local story for, for us here in Dayton, we have Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, mm-hmm. and there's a Huey helicopter hanging up kind of off the ground in there. Yeah. And you can still see the blood on the jump seat from the guys that were killed inside that Huey helicopter. And they say late at night, you can still see the pilots and the guys that worked on that helicopter. They'll still walk around the helicopter, and you can see that they're, they're sad. They're trying to get back they, into yeah. their helicopter. That base is supposedly horribly haunted. <laughs> yeah. And I could definitely see how it could be, because, I mean, sure. you, get, you got all the aircrafts that people potentially died in. I mean, it's... Yeah. This is one of the, this is the only one in the building that still has the blood from the people that died in it. It's still, yeah, on the I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's the same plane. Or that's the same helicopter that Terry Thompson would allegedly be a door gunner on. They would drive around loading uh, landing zones and then shoot the landing zones up or essentially soften the target. Then they would drop soldiers off and pick them back up while they were under fire. You can imagine what the scene would look like after they would arrive back. He would have to, Terry Thompson, would have to drag soldiers onto onto the plane that had been shot, maimed, sometimes even dead. He said that many of these men would actually die in his arms. And again, that's f- uh, that's fucked up for any 18, 19, 20-year-old to have to mm-hmm. deal with, for anyone to have to deal with something like that. Mm-hmm. Terry Thompson told his friends that on some days, the amount of soldiers that needed to be picked up far outweighed the space on the helicopters, which in return, when the copter would go to take off, they would have to pry their fingers off of the helicopter to even get the the helicopter to be able to take off off the ground. So these guys are clawing to get on the helicopter, and the guys inside are having to to peel their fingers off the helicopter and leaving them essentially down below to die. All of his friends and associates that were interviewed said he had just never got over any of this. He had extreme PTSD and he wrestled with the fact that he thought he'd never go to heaven because of the number of lives that he'd taken and the carnage that he had personally caused in Vietnam. But there was one thing that helped him get that helped him keep it all together while in the jungles of Saigon. He had a friend named Jeb. It turns out Jeb was a fucking monkey. It's the best type of friend to have. He might have been a titty monkey. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if he was a titty monkey or not. One of those little monkeys. Well, I think it might have been like a spider monkey. It looked like one of the monkeys in Dr. Doolittle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what kind of monkey that is. I think that's a... I don't know what that is. It's called a spider monkey. Jeb was more like a child to Terry. We kind of lost our space there. My wife brought in some hand sanitizer for me to smell. Gold. Good shit. (laughs) Anyways, Terry had this monkey. He treated this monkey like his own child. He would take it... It kind of stayed with him, and he... It helped him get through the hard times in Vietnam. And when I say he treated this monkey like a child sometimes he would even spank the monkey um you ever you ever spank your kids spank my kids yeah Just every now and then you ever spank your monkey all the time you ever spank your kids monkey <laughs> no no all right good yeah. that's good <laughs> I didn't want the law to be calling you today, even no, though they wouldn't yeah. do anything. They're not, they're just, I drove past the trooper the other day, though he was sitting on the side of the highway. Uh-huh. I was going 35 miles per hour over the speed limit. This guy didn't even look up from, I'm assuming he's probably watching Pornhub or something. <laughs> or look at the Dunkin' Donuts menu in his, in his car. Yeah. 
Didn't even look up. Didn't even bat an eye. Cops are not doing anything right now. No, I was. Yeah, I was. I was out really late last night running some money to the bank, and you're not supposed to be out past whatever time it is. It was well past that, and one of our city cops passed me, and nothing. I, I was like, yeah, cool. What's up, bro? Thanks, but I was in my work truck, so I yeah. could have said I was fucking working. I'm but. going to work. I'm a goldfish breeder. <laughs> I train sea monkeys. <laughs> Oh, did you ever have sea monkeys growing up? I didn't. I never did that or a fucking ant farm. I always wanted an ant farm. Yeah, we had sea monkeys. And I had a retarded cousin that wasn't really my cousin that actually was my cousin. And he came over and he dumped them all out. And I beat the fucking shit out of this dude. He was like eight years older than me. But I was fat and I had the weight on him. And I stroked this motherfucker. I beat him up so bad. And my, that's a long story. My aunt married into a family. And... This kid was one of her new husband's kids. kids. Okay. But he never met his dad before. He And he had shit wrong with him. He'd been to like juvie a bunch and stuff, and everybody fucking hated him. And he had really bad acne and buck teeth, and he stunk. <laughs> it's not funny, dude. I mean, he couldn't help it. He just, he was that way, you know. <laughs> and he, I just got done breeding these sea monkeys. <laughs> Fucking breeding sea monkeys. That's what we were doing on top of the entertainment center in my parents' house. We were breeding sea, sea monkey monkeys. king. Yeah. <laughs> you know the fucking pack, dude. It's, One dollar a pop. It showed like on the package. You could see the sea monkeys racing like the races, and they make them look so much more exciting. Hula hoops and shit. I said these fucking sea monkeys are gonna be like battle sea monkeys. They're gonna give them little helmets. They get your cash cow. Yeah, you? they're gonna have little sea monkey fight clubs down there. I'm gonna take over the world. Then this retarded fuck comes over. He grabs my sea monkey aquarium and he dumps it upside down all over the floor. Oh, I God. see my little sea monkeys just burning out on the ground. Their little wings are. <laughs> Just trying to fly away in the carpet. I was broken, dude. And it took. I beat the acne right off this goddamn dude. I, I swear to God. No oh, man, this poor little shrimp. My dad, who never. I don't think he. He never said. The only time I remember him disciplining me is me, like me coming home drunk in the middle of the night. Like, I was a good kid, mm-hmm. and he. My mom was usually like, "Stop doing that." My dad usually didn't really have to do anything, but he's like. Get off of him. <laughs> Beat the shit out of this dude so bad. <laughs> so mad about my sea monkeys. He didn't get it. He's probably in prison somewhere right now. <laughs> Damn it, man. Now I want to grow sea monkeys for my kids so they can experience the joy. Breed them. <laughs> I was a sea monkey breeder. God. Only the finest of sea monkeys. I had one in. I had one in there, dude. He had superior DNA. He was really he was a lot bigger than all the other ones. He's the Clydesdale. Of the- he was so big that he couldn't. When he dumped it out, he didn't. He couldn't fall out of the port because he's too big. So he's in there just fucking. You know, I don't know what a sea monkey does when you don't slinging have slinging dick. Yeah, not having ace. Yeah, oh, we got the window open. I see my dogs running around. <laughs> uh, Terry did make it out of Vietnam with his life. But couldn't take the monkey back with him for obvious reasons. But this he had the monkey on his back. <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh, okay. He couldn't. He couldn't get it on his back. <laughs> it did start a lifelong attachment to wild animals. When he did return home, his friends noticed that he was distant and different compared to how he was when he left. Hey, that Terry got that monkey on his back. It's for obvious reasons. In prison, when you got that monkey on your back, it means you have the HIV. <laughs> yeah, and that's just Rob and I telling you about you know prison and jail. <laughs> jargon that you Sorry. need to know and also i did learn in the pill call all the guys drinking insure milkshakes mm-hmm. they all had aids as well that's really when, yep 
Huh. That's one thing that I learned while I was in prison. Well, shit. I wish I would have made out with that guy. <laughs> That's like the taste of insurance. Oh, sure wish I would have <laughs> sucked his wiener. He wouldn't share his insurance, so I his, just had to make out with him. PP. They couldn't... Uh, when he returned from his tour of duty in Vietnam, the Army dropped him off in old Columbus, Ohio. Hey. This dude wanted to clear his... Terry wanted to clear his mind, so he walked home from the depot or wherever they dropped him off wherever the military dropped him off. He lived in Zanesville, which is approximately 50 miles of back roads from Columbus Holy to Zanesville. Hell. I didn't know it was that far. He walked home 50 miles from Zanesville. That had to take him at least three hours. <laughs> three hours? Three to four hours. Three to four hours. I can go a mile in an hour, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it took him four days. Yeah. I, in middle school, we did the mile, and I refused to fucking run it. I mm. walked it in... We had that, our Mr. McDowell, our mm-hmm. gym teacher from uh, middle school. Yeah, he said he was a football coach. You know, I played football. He's like, "Why won't you fucking run?" And it took me back because he cussed at me, and I was like, mm, "You said a bad word." Then <laughs> <laughs> you get into high school football, and you're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, and he's like, "You <clears throat> did the mile in 23 minutes." <laughs> <laughs> 23 minutes. That's pretty good. No, he's the only man I've ever seen piss out the bottom of his gym shorts. He just, like, pull his gym shorts up his leg and piss out the bottom. Been there. Didn't want to fuck that tuck up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't do that. That chub and tuck. I'd piss all over my balls if I did something like that. (laughs) I think think there would be a huge adrenaline void after being in the military for that specific war. And he had a craving for adrenaline at this point. So he filled that void with racing boats. Sports cars, motorcycles, having unprotected sex with prostitutes, pretty much all the stuff that dudes yeah. do that have small dicks. Because <laughs> all- <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Guys with small dicks, they usually have sports cars, sailboats, uh, really fancy man caves, shit like that. Tall trucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone, if you are a diesel fixing so i've really come to grips with i think i love men with puffy nipples and i've averted my violence towards men with large diesel trucks Mm -hmm. and um if you've got truck nuts and a lifted diesel truck (laughs) i want you to suck my cock (laughs) truck nuts i want you to suck my balls like they are the balls on the back of a lifted diesel truck you gotta have like a a don't tread on me sticker too or those uh uh Monster monster energy drink logo. <laughs> big big old mud flaps. Yeah. Or the little dude peeing on the with Yosemite Sam. The little dude peeing on the Dale Hurt number three. You know, we don't <laughs> or like on a Chevy or something. Yeah. yeah. I really like that stuff. <laughs> he um <clears throat> Small Dick Terry eventually purchased a Corvette that he would race around the streets of Zanesville in, and he would eventually meet Marion Sharp, who would not write me back on Facebook, that stupid fucking bitch. <laughs> she came from a well-to-do family and socially wasn't much of a match for Terry. She was very well, she was a very accomplished barrel racer and horsewoman. <laughs> barrel racer? Do you know what a barrel, like a horse racing, uh, you know what a barrel racer is? I have no fucking idea. A barrel racer is where you pick someone up by their legs and they walk on their hands and you guys like run <laughs> Up and down the yard. That's a barrel racer. Okay, that makes sense. I immediately just think of the people that would jump in barrels and go down Niagara Falls. Oh, there's like, uh, there's like, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Let's see who can go down fastest. <laughs> there's a uh, people ride horses and they uh, shoot around in circles around these barrels and stuff. It's a contest. Oh, okay, little, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like a track, you know. Okay. And this is what she did. 
but most in the community believe that this was a case of a very good girl being drawn to a very wild man, hey. much like how you and I are. We've all been there. Yeah. Their blossoming love would come to a full bloom in 1997. Aww. I'm sorry, 1977, when Terry Thompson married his childhood love, Marion Sharp. How sweet. Marion would become a very well-respected school teacher in the community, but Terry would follow his niche of living fast. He opened a motorcycle shop in Zanesville. Hell it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't, yeah, we got fucking iron muscle. It wasn't a typical motorcycle shop either. There was a fucking plane that sat on top of the shop, and I don't know how they got that thing up there. <laughs> He still flew helicopters and planes after leaving the military. And as if motorcycles were not enough for Terry, in 1979, he received his license to deal firearms inside the motorcycle shop. Holy hell. People that visited the shop said that he would also keep the animals that he loved and fancied so much inside the shop. And it can't, it, at this point, his animal tendencies were leaning towards normal. The shop was filled full of Dobermans. And oh, okay. Not just like one or two. There was a lot of fucking Dobermans. So many Dobermans that people that visited the shop, they had to step over piles of dog shit when they were walking around the showroom oh, floor. Oh, man. The people interviewed said they couldn't get around the showroom because they kept <laughs> stepping over dog shit. I really want to go in there, but I always step in dog poop. I was trying to get up next to that Honda Goldwing over there. There's a big old pile of dog poop, sir. You think you can move that for me? You think that's dog shit? <laughs> that's my shit. In 1987, Terry purchased his 75-acre farm in Zanesville that we would come to know in the news. That's a big-ass yeah, piece a of land. a lot of fucking space to run around and be naked. <laughs> he would eventually have the power company move the power lines on the property so he could land planes on his property. Yeah, that makes sense. There were lots of local stories and legends about Terry Thompson and his thrill-seeking adventures. There was a story that said he flew a plane under a highway underpass. That's awesome. He also, at one point, held the world record boat quarter-mile boat speed. There was a, a local millionaire that owned World War II aeroplanes, and he would have Terry fly them around Zanesville <laughs> to make sure they were fucking working properly. <laughs> I'll take that B-52 for a spin out there. Don't... Uh... Make sure you fill it up before you bring it back, dickhead. Sounds like he knew who the neighborhood idiot was. <laughs> yeah, he really was. <laughs> At one point, a, uh, a police officer told a story uh, that he was going to land. No, he, Terry told a police officer that he was going to land a light aircraft at the county fairgrounds. Right in the middle of the goddamn fairgrounds. The officer said, you can't do that, Terry. Terry replied with, watch me fucking do it. <laughs> and he awesome. proceeded to land a light aircraft in the fairgrounds. People interviewed claimed that community members and the police were all afraid of Terry Thompson because of how crazy he was and the fact that he was a fucking gun dealer. So they all thought that if they talked back to Terry, they'd just get wiped out. Just get capped. He just wasn't, he wasn't stable, okay? Yeah. Uh, in 1997, Terry and his wife, Marion, attended an exotic animal auction in Lucasville, Ohio. I think it was Lucasville, Ohio. There is a swap meet that happens three times a year in Lucasville, Ohio, and they have all kinds of weird fucking... It's a flea market with all kinds of weird fucking animals, okay? There's all kinds of... We got my family Cocker Spaniel there when I was like 10 years old. Hell yeah. They still do it? Yeah, three times a year. I, really? I, I looked it up. They still Let's do go. it. Let's go. Yeah, I know. I want to go. For my, real? My dad will go, but I remember... I want a monkey. One year we went, and we were walking around looking for like a cat or a... 
something fucking normal. Mm-hmm. And these people had flying squirrels for sale. Oh, dude, for that's so awesome. Dirt cheap. They were like $5 per flying squirrel. And my dad said, well, shit. <laughs> Gotta get me some fucking flying squirrels. <laughs> we took those flying squirrels home. Those were the meanest goddamn really? animals. We had a hook. You know, a lot of old school houses have just like a weird hook in the uh-huh. corner of the on the ceiling in the corner of the room. Yeah. We put their cage up there. We hung it up there and you would stick your finger in there and they'd be like, <laughs> take you the fuck out, dude. Dang. But I remember I had a sleepover. I had like five or six friends over and we just got done fucking the shit out of each other. And then we heard these this like sh- shrieking coming from the flying squirrel's cage. And uh, we one of one of my friends that I'm still friends with, Chris, he investigated and he said these flying squirrels are literally just fucking the shit out of each other. <laughs> so we all pulled up the dining room chairs and we looked up at the cage. You just sat down and just watched. <laughs> we sat there for hours. <laughs> we watched them for a couple seconds. And um, <laughs> they were so loud, dude. And then we tried to go to sleep and these flying squirrels just kept fucking laying Man. pipe. I don't know if they were two dudes. <laughs> You're breeding sea monkeys. You're chicks. breeding flying squirrels. And eventually, just one day, I woke up and went into the... And I, I never slept in the living room, but this specific incident, we were all sleeping in the in the living room. And then a few months later, I walked down the living room and the flying squirrels were just gone. The dad, where are the flying squirrels? And he just said, they're not here anymore. <laughs> So we got rid of the flying squirrels. <laughs> you go outside and there's just that one fucking tree just here. Yeah. <laughs> they would literally just fuck each other, dude. I don't know if they were two chicks, two dudes, a dude, a chick. I don't know what they were. No shame. Never saw them fly either, dude. They got out once. Those fuckers can jump, but they don't fly. They kind of glide, you know. What a uh. terrible, stupid animal to have, you know? <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. And this is where... At this animal, exotic animal bazaar, there was a sick baby lion that was there that didn't cost as much as the other lions. Yeah. Obviously, because he was fucking sick. So he purchased it for his wife as a birthday present. She really struggled for a name for this baby lion. She pondered it and pondered it and pondered it. Eventually, she named it. Simba. I can imagine how hard it was to come to that name to oh, name man. a baby lion. Where she got that from? Name a baby uh, lion Simba. What would you name a sick baby lion if you got one? Uh, I'd name it Mufasa because it's probably going <laughs> to die. Like on its deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. I don't know what I'd name one. Oh, I wouldn't name it. I'd let the people fucking sell it, keep it, because I don't need a goddamn lion. Is what it's, you ever? You've never scooped a cat box before, Rob? No, I haven't. I got no room for a motherfucking lion in this house. I hate yeah. these cats I got, except for Pumpkin. I love her so much. Yeah. Well, there's two cats. I hate one. I love the other. So I don't hate all of them. Yeah, I've I've never had to deal with the the litter box <clears throat> situation. I like cats, but I've never had to deal with that. Yeah, it's not fun, dude. She would, uh, Marion would eventually nurse baby Simba back to complete health. And if I personally nursed a lion back to health, I would think I was king shit. Oh, I've, yeah. I've bred flying squirrels. I've bred sea monkeys. I've bred human children before. But if I saved a baby lion, you would never be able to take that away from me. Hell yeah. They took away my sea monkeys. I'd make a badge for you. Took away my fucking flying squirrels. They can take away your kids. You can have the kids right now. <laughs> you can't get in the fucking lion, though. I'll come get those kids back. I love them, but 
You ain't taking the lion away. <clears throat> but by her saving this lion, it was a catalyst for her and their combined urge to own many more wild animals. And from 1997 until 2005, Terry Thompson amassed a huge collection of wild exotic animals. Locals said he would randomly land at the airport. They wouldn't see him leave, but he would just land. (laughs) And he would have a monkey, a bear, a lion, or a tiger in the plane with him when he arrived. And he was most of the time, these were baby animals. But some of these animals that he was landing with were a little bit bigger than babies. So I've never imagined what size balls it would take to fly with a fucking Kodiak bear in the cab of the plane with you. But Terry Thompson... TT, he was doing it. Especially one that you didn't get from, like, birth, and they're not around you. He doesn't know you. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? You just look like a a big treat to them. It's so... Oh, I know what to do. Silly redneck. I call Joe Exotic and figure out... (laughs) Exactly. He was not a bear expert. No. Strictly uh, tiger. Tiger Tiger-related. Now, he oftentimes wouldn't even have to pay for these animals. In one deposition, because he was in court a lot... He said he would barter. He would use guns, boats, hot rods, and more often times than not, he was just simply taking wild animals off the hands of people that could no longer take care of the wild animals. He walked a fine line on how he handled these animals. Without a USDA license, you can't supply these animals for photo shoots and commercial events. He would oftentimes get around this by utilizing his friend's USDA license. Her name was uh, Carol Baskins, that bitch. No, her name was actually Cindy, Cindy Huntsman. Cindy Huntsman, what a good name. Yeah. He would use her license to do the dirty dealings that he needed to do with these wild animals. Although, after the incident we're going to touch on here later, there are photos that circulated of him, this Uh-oh. fucking hillbilly from Zanesville, Ohio, Handing a baby tiger to Heidi Klum at a fashion show in ni- in 2008. I'm sorry, but flash forward to 2008. He was on the Rachel Ray show as a zoo handler, hmm. which he was not a zoo handler. Definitely not. And he would go to corporate picnics in New York City. The the uh, uh, It left me what the company was called. But there was pictures of him doing uh, tiger holding sessions with Newt Gingrich. Oh, hell yeah. So he was making his rounds with the uh, with the fancy people and the and the in the animals and shit. He claimed that he'd never sold the animals or any of his animals, but some people interviewed recalled him being at one event where he was trying to sell a tiger, and it turned out the tiger had ringworm, so nobody <laughs> would nobody would buy the fucking nobody would buy the tiger because obviously it had ringworm, and he eventually made a back lot deal. Selling a monkey for $3,500. Holy shit. And I'm thinking about this for a second. If I tried really hard and cut back on everything, I could probably save $3,500. And I gotta, I'm gotta, i weighing the, the risk and the reward right here of possibly owning a fucking monkey. And there was a street I used to get. Um, I had a babysitter by your old house in, mm-hmm. in Northridge. And as a kid, there was um, actually the... The house that uh, there was a house down the street from the babysitter that had a fucking monkey. They had a Holy cage shit. with a monkey in there, and we would walk up to the end of the yard, and it would just be like, ah, 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 and it would just scream at us like a, it was a monkey. It was just screaming at us. It fits with that neighborhood. And I thought when I was a child, I said, "I'm gonna have me a goddamn monkey when I get older." <laughs> and then uh, just watching that thing act, it bite the 
bite the the cage and shit and throw shit at us. Eventually, I got mature enough. I said, if I do get a monkey, I'll probably kill it kind of fast. <laughs> fuck That's, having a monkey all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, fuck a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> fuck a monkey. I'm surprised my aunt didn't ever own a monkey. No, the one that used to keep the snakes between her tits? Yeah. You can keep that aunt, bro. And a raccoon. And- that was the worst experience of my entire childhood <laughs> was sleeping in her apartment. Yeah. <laughs> You guys can go back to some of our earlier episodes. She had a boa constrictor that she let sleep between her Two tits. Two of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to sleep on the floor there one night, and the snake got loose. Those fuckers were so big. It tried to swallow me, but I was too fat. Yeah, it was so big. Couldn't take me down. Big old snake. She had some big old tits. <laughs> Aunt Tammy. <laughs> yeah, we had to. I don't remember if I told the story during that during that episode, but we had to clean the downstairs area of my grandparents' house where she used to live. I was staying there for a while before, like a long time ago, and so much shit down there. Nothing but Coke cans and <laughs> Coke cans, cigarette packs, and used dildos. Oh yeah, just laying everywhere. Not, not the unused ones, buddy. We got yeah, the used ones. Fucking terrified. That's delicious. There were a dozen. Uh, yeah, there was a dozen. There was dozens of complaints that flooded the local police department of livestock that he owned escaping from his property. It wasn't just exotic animals. He had other stuff. I don't think that these animals that were called in to the police were dangerous animals. I believe he was having problems with uh, keeping his dogs locked up, horses and cows. Uh, From 2005 to 2011, there were 35 deputies who came to his property for animal complaints. And in 2005, he was charged with animal cruelty as uh, he kept... Uh, a buffalo and some cows at his parents' property. <laughs> buffalo. Not his place. And they were found to be starving, and the buffalo would actually succumb to starvation and die. He Damn. was sentenced to six months of house arrest for animal cruelty. Good. Not someone that deserves to have animals in their possession. At this not point. at all. And it's very interesting to note, and this is kind of sets the stage for a little later on in the episode, Terry had a slight feud going on with his neighbor. His Fred's name, his f- neighbor's name was Fred Polk. There was an incident where Terry's Rottweilers went over to Fred Polk's property and killed two of his calves. Terry uh, and Fred Polk said, get these fucking dogs out of here or I'm going to kill them. Mm-hmm. And Terry said, I'm sorry that this happened. You will never see these dogs ever again. Three days later, the Rottweilers came back and caused more damage. This time, Fred Polk got his gun, and he killed both the Rottweilers. Oh, shit. These two Rottweilers were Terry Thompson's entire heart. He loved these dogs completely and wholly. I mean, everything, his world revolved around these dogs. Mm -hmm. And he came and loaded up the dogs' dead bodies, and he was just hysterical the entire time. And he made a grave in his yard for these dogs. And he had a hard time with that. And he never forgave his neighbor for that specific incident, which, you know, it's a different world out there. In rural, it's all Very fucked true. up. And yep. calves are worth a lot of money. Eventually, you know, like that can be a lot of money potentially. And for two dogs to come over and fuck them up like that, you know, I'm never an advocate of people shooting dogs. But uh, if you have... Vicious dogs, keep them the fuck put up. Yeah, you got to protect with yours, I mean. Just like I think cats that live outside need to have tags like a dog do. 
So when your cat comes up pissing in my flower beds, <laughs> I know where I take that some <laughs> pussy back to. You know what I mean? I know. We gotta change the world, Rob. So he's got um he's got his neighbors essentially breathing down his back at this point, and there's a lot of it's a, it's tense, man. It's tense because they killed his two fucking dogs, his two babies. In 2003, Terry Thompson turned in his license for distributing firearms. He gave it back to the ATF. But the ATF suspected that he was still selling firearms, and they used a confidential informant that was wearing a wire to go into his house to buy firearms. The snitch purchased an, uh, <laughs> the snitch. Uh, he purchased a Smith & Wesson 44 caliber revolver Ooh. and a Remington 12-gauge shotgun. Good taste. When the ATF had enough... They finally executed a search warrant. And on June 18th of 2008, the home was raided while Miriam was outside wearing nothing but a T-shirt. She didn't have any bottoms on at all. She was just out there freeballing it. Freeballing it in the pasture. Letting her coochie hang out. She was feeding the animals. She was out there just butthole naked feeding the animals. How, Bless her. how liberating when that just feeding a fucking tiger with, with your... just. Your bare, meat wallet hanging with, out. <laughs> the wind blowing against your, against your bare dick. Just blowing your pussy flaps around. <laughs> if you um, if you walk outside and you have problems with the wind blowing your pussy flaps around. <laughs> Turns you into a human kite. Write us an email. <laughs> yeah, please don't. That's scary, man. That's really scary stuff right there. <laughs> the ATF confiscated 133 guns, and and I, they only they confiscated 36 bullets. <laughs> that's that's not, it. That's not many. That gun to bullet ratio is <laughs> really messed up. That's what. As we all know, sports all across the world has come to a screeching halt. We've got basketball that's been benched. Pitchers are taken off the mound. I had tickets to see my opening day Cincinnati Reds. It didn't happen, but our friends at MyBucky are here to save the day. They're going to keep you sane. They're going to keep you entertained with access to your favorite games like Blackjack, Roulette, Slots, War, you know, that's the easy game, and much, much more. It doesn't matter whether you're out on the front lines or quarantined at home. The fun doesn't have to come to an end with MyBookie. And you may be like Nickalicious. Video poker, not quite my thing, but my bookie has me covered. They've got a host of live casino dealers online. That's right. They have professional dealers at their tables, live, on site, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And your favorite squad might be sidelined right now from all the craziness going on in the world. Well, don't sweat it. My bookie has partnered with some of the leading esports brands to bring you wagers on virtual action straight from the court in NBA 2K20. Plus, you can always do your part to make your bankroll great again by taking advantage of shifting odds on political bets. The industry leading my bookie, they're reliable, upright, and best of all, they pay you fast when you win. All you have to do is visit mybookie.ag and use the promo code BROHIO for a 150% bonus on your first casino deposit. That's promo code BROHIO to receive a 150% cash, C-A-S-H, cash money bonus on your first deposit, and you can claim those extra funds all the way up to $750. 
Don't forget to use the promo code BROHIO to activate this very special offer. That's promo code BROHIO. You spin, you win, you get paid at mybookie.ag. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, so when he closed the motorcycle shop and he closed the firearm shop, he cleaned up all the dog shit and sold the place. He kept the guns that he would normally sell. He kept them for his personal collection. <laughs> and it does. this is not a threatening human being. Um, 36 bullets isn't going to get him past the fucking tigers. I'll tell you that right yeah, now. Yeah, not at all. So I don't think that, and a lot of people interviewed said that he was just, um, he was a hoarder, but he was someone that just liked to have, to say he has something. He had a lot of classic cars, you know, Corvettes and Mustangs and, all, you know, all kinds of really nice muscle cars. And he would put them in barns and lock them up, and he would never drive them, and he wouldn't let people buy them just for the sake of saying, I got a 67 Mustang. Right. I don't want you to have it. I got it. So it kind of goes along the lines of these guns. He just wanted to have these guns, and he didn't want anybody else to have these guns. Hey, I get it, man. And the only thing that he ended up being charged with during this entire incident was having a gun with a serial number grinded off. Almost a year of legal proceedings, Terry finally pled guilty to possessing unregistered firearms. But then I read a little later in the research that out of all 133 guns confiscated, not a single one had a serial number on it. So there's a little bit of it's hmm. skewed here in the research. The only reason he did this, that he pled guilty, is because he wanted to his wife to be able to stay in the home, and it was financially draining them. So he went ahead and pled guilty and said, take me to jail, whatever. And on October 8th, 2010, he was sentenced to one year in federal prison. He went to FCI Morgantown in West Virginia. And um, West Virginia, they have sex with their brothers and sisters there. Really, they don't have coronavirus, but they, they do make love to one another's brothers and sisters. I feel like if I went to a federal prison, I'd want to go to one in West Virginia. <laughs> Seems very unthreatening. You know, um, federal prison in general isn't... Um, it's not, not it's nothing like a state ran facility it's you go to prison you want to go to a federal prison it's a lot a lot easier to get around in a federal prison while he was in jail he accumulated $68,000 in debt to the IRS in the county in taxes jeez now there are varying accounts here some people say that while he was in prison he received a letter from his wife claiming she no longer wanted to be with him uh, some say it was an anonymous letter telling him of an affair 
And some say that they had split before he even went to prison. But nonetheless, he lost the love of his life while he was in prison. He was eventually released a year later from a halfway house in Columbus. And just like when he got out of Vietnam, well, similar, he walked to Walmart. He (laughs) bought a Schwinn cruiser bike. Hell yeah. And he rode 50 miles home. (laughs) Riding in style. Through the rain. (laughs) It reminds me of that that scene in a 40-year-old version where she pulls up and she says, you want to come with me? He says, I hope you got room in your back for my bike. (laughs) (laughs) we got room in the back for my bike and when he arrived home he arrived home to an empty house a lot of vicious fucking animals but no human beings his friends say that Marion leaving him really pushed him over the edge and it just left him completely dejected while he was in prison his friend and pretty much a ranch caretaker, John Moore, said that someone broke into the empty house and stole all of his collectible guitars, equipment, and motorcycle parts. Oh, man. And this dude was a fucking shredder. Apparently, he was a really, uh, really, really good guitar player. Police wouldn't... (laughs) This is so fucking stupid. This guy was fucking him so bad. He told... John Moore told Terry Thompson that police would not take a report because he was in prison and that he would have to straighten it all out when he got out of prison. Damn. So I want to believe that John Moore probably took all of his shit. That yeah, sounds about right. But he kept John Moore around, and John Moore um, authored a book called 18 Days to Massacre, where a lot of information from this uh, our research came from. And he claimed after returning from jail, there were some drastic changes that he saw in Terry Thompson. Um, Terry, I'm sorry, John, like I said, was probably the closest person to Terry through all of this. And after he got out of jail, um, John was, he'd help with the animals and he bonded with the animals as much as Terry did. And he was essentially Terry's right hand man. So that's really important to keep in mind. John Moore said that Terry suffered from memory loss, confusion, depression, and erratic behavior. He said that um, Terry would ask the same questions six times a day, and he constantly asked. He would always ask the question, what does it all mean? (laughs) Good fucking question. (laughs) When you figure out that fucking answer, let me know. Right. I I ask myself that all the time. What does it all mean? (laughs) Never fucking know either. I've... You know, sometimes we got somebody who shows up on this podcast named Cemetery Terry. He works up in here. You know me, Rob. I'm Cemetery Terry. I know. I'm the security guard up there in the cemetery. I'll be setting booby traps. Last week, we got in a shipment of titty monkeys. They keep all the boys off the, off the land there. But then titty monkeys were sleeping. There's some boys up there wandering around in the cemetery. I said, hey, cemetery terror, I wonder what y'all doing up here in the cemetery. Them boys said, we looking for some dead bodies. I said, boys, cemetery terror's got some titty monkeys back there if you want to see what those look like. And them boys said, Tim is Terry Terry. We're trying to get our dick sucked. And I said, boys, I ain't trying to suck nobody's dick. I just got titty monkeys. So them boys got out of there. I let them titty monkeys out. They were sleeping. The boys ain't come back, Rob. Waste of some titty monkeys right there. <laughs> you guys, yeah. Some of you may have never met Cemetery Terry before. He's a security guard at a cemetery. Hard worker. He's at our. He's on our cover art. Yeah. 
He's over Rob's shoulder. He likes the booby traps. <laughs> he really likes setting booby traps. <laughs> Which is sure. why he's got titty monkeys. Yeah, a lot of, lot of titty monkeys. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Now, Terry, he would have another run-in with the law, and this one is super fun. <laughs> a lioness, which I believe is a lion with a pussy, had escaped from her <laughs> from her enclosure. Oh, when she got out of her enclosure, <laughs> I could be wrong. I, I, I don't know. I, dude. I think you got the nail on the pussy right there. And he, the lioness got out, and she got into his van. <laughs> okay, okay. Smell like cat piss in there. He said, "Well, fuck it. I'm going to go to McDonald's," and that's what he did. The Terry legit. Took this lion in a van and drove to McDonald's. He's going to get himself a Big Mac. Good for him. (laughs) And halfway to McDonald's, he got sidetracked, and he started thinking about a horse that escaped earlier in the week. (laughs) So he stopped, started looking for this bitch. (laughs) He stopped, and he was looking for the horse. He got out of the van and started to look for the horse and left the door of the van open. And the lioness, which is a lion with a pussy, got out. People (laughs) crowded her and started taking pictures of her. (laughs) Jesus. I yes, my lion, get away from her. <laughs> Watch out for her pussy. That's my lion, she get a pussy. <laughs> Ohio State Highway Patrol arrived. They had to help Terry wrangle the lioness back into the van. There were uh, there was no police report file. Oh wow! Okay. Someone dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Sarge. I was gonna take a report, but then I saw the lion didn't have a penis; it had a pussy, so I didn't take a report. I just I said, you know, it's a lioness. Uh, not really too threatening, sir. Lions we, don't even get equal rights. <laughs> it was a, if it would have had a dick, I'd have taken a report. So I looked. I lifted its tail. I saw no dick. Oh, this is a lioness. Had a pretty good-looking pussy, though. This is a lioness with an anus. And I <laughs> let it get back in the van. The subject got his Big Mac supersized, and he went back home. But he did eventually find the horse. <laughs> but local police were seemingly growing very intolerant of his animal of his growing animal problems. Yeah, you would think. Terry had formerly had safety rules on the farm with most of the animals. There was um he wouldn't socialize with certain they're, they're bears and tigers and shit, dude. He 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 wouldn't socialize with some of them cuz they were just too dangerous. But then after he got out of prison, there were two cubs. And I don't, I th- I want to say they were tiger cubs, but they were bigger than just like little kittens. They were, these were, these cubs were getting pretty big and he had been gone for their entire first year of their life and they didn't know him that well. So he's playing with these tiger cubs, I'm assuming. And one of them slashes him and slashes him so good that it fucks his arm. It rips his arm up completely. Mm -hmm. And he runs into the house because this lion just laid him open tiger whatever it was could have been a goddamn bear i don't know it just says it was a cub <laughs> could have been a cub scout fuck i don't know so he runs into the house because it nearly ripped his arm off and when he gets inside he's screaming so much and being so loud that he's got two salib's macaque monkeys inside oh, okay they hear him being hysterical they lose their fucking minds and one of the monkeys attacks him and about rips his hand off oh, the man. same the hand attached to the arm that he just about had ripped off by a tiger and this monkey tries to rip his fucking hand off and john moore said the only way that he could get this salib smacock off of him this monkey was he had to punch it in the fucking snout he had to punch the <laughs> monkey in the face he beat that monkey so hard 
that monkey let go of his hand. Awesome. <laughs> On my bucket list of shit to do, <laughs> I want to fist fight a monkey. Man, I, dude, monkeys will fuck you up. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, monkeys are terrifying. I would not eat a monkey out. I would not. I'm sorry. I'm, I would not fight a monkey if. Yeah. As they carry, they carry all kinds of diseases and stuff. And they're just fucking solid muscle. They are, dude. Chimpanzees are the scariest. Yeah, those oh, they're like stronger people. I mean, if I saw one of those outside. I would close. I would lock my door for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's scary stuff, man. He had to beat this monkey off. <laughs> uh, I see what you did. <laughs> Get it off. You had to beat the monkey off. He was batting him on the hand. All right, I got. Normally I sign these checks left-handed, but I got my hand bit off by a fucking monkey. Terry refused to go to the hospital and just continued to question heaven, hell, and the meaning of life. And on October 18th of 2011, this story came to a tragic ending. That day, around 11 a.m., John Moore spoke to Terry about a horse enclosure that they were planning to uh, build at the Zanesville farm there that Terry was very excited about. John Moore was studying zoology, and he would come over after classes to help with the animals in the property. He was just reading zoo books. <laughs> Remember those magazines? I was reading on YouTube today. Uh, where do you keep the titty monkeys at? Where's the tit milk? That's a mean... Is that the monkey that bit you on the fucking hand? You had to beat off that monkey, didn't you? Oh, dude, I... I'm just why would anyone in their right mind have so many wild animals? Just I don't know. I love an animal that I can pick up and hold and that shows affection to me. Drove by here the other day and I saw you spanking that monkey. I was like, what's he doing in there? I was trying to mow the grass and I got bit by a fucking bear. <laughs> First Pol- world problems. Polar bear. <laughs> fucking polar bears. I don't think he had any polar bears. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say I think he probably got hot. He had black bears. <laughs> What's wrong, buddy? You hot? <laughs> Go lay over there at grass. I'll cool you off. Goddamn polar bears. Terry's neighbor had seen him around as late as 3 p.m. that day. He was running errands because he was soon to be on house rest again for something else. <laughs> Maybe, of course. I don't know what it was for, but he was going back. I think it might have been from his federal charges. And he had to go to Kmart to buy new pants because he'd lost so much uh, weight in prison and shit. And Kmart. Whew. Yeah, no. R.I.P. Around 5 p.m., Terry's, and I don't know why this is significant, but in the research they said that he would use <laughs> rope to tie up his pants because he was. <laughs> Fuck a belt, buddy. <laughs> I didn't use it. Ever since I beat that monkey off, I just can't bring myself to wear a belt no more. I don't know what it is. My dad used to choke me and beat his monkey. <laughs> I think that might be what it is. Around 5 p.m., Terry's neighbor, Sam Kupchak, this is a different neighbor than the one who uh, killed his dogs. dogs. Yeah. yeah. Sam Kupchak went to check on his own newly purchased horse in his pasture, and he noticed that his horse and horses were going quite berserk. He also noticed on the other side of the fence that Terry's horses were going pretty crazy, too. And then he noticed, unfenced, next to the pasture, was a fucking black bear. Oh, shit. As if this bear wasn't enough, he felt like he was being stalked or preyed, preyed upon, being watched. He looked behind him and he saw a full-grown African lying, lion staring at him. Ugh. At this point, he called 911 and 
all of the 911 calls started to pour in. I think I got a little montage of various 911 calls. Nine here. And down at Terry Thompson, a lion's loose. There's a bear running back and forth on a fence right here. 911. Yeah, there's a lion on Mount Perry. I'll tell you this. Not everybody in Ohio sounds like this. Oh. <laughs> everybody in Ohio sounds like this. Oh, Jesus. These are the backwoods people. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, and I just saw a wolf. Like I just seen one. Looks like a jaguar or a wolf or something. A jaguar or a wolf? He's got wolves, jaguars, bobcats, tigers, lions, bears, snakes, this, monkeys. This guy can't tell the difference between a cat, big cat or a big dog. I don't know if I beat off a monkey. I might have beat off a bear. I might have beat myself off. I don't know what the fuck. I beat off. All I know is these fucking pants don't fit me no more. I've got titty monkeys running all over my house. My fucking oh, pants don't fit. This guy's really just going downhill at this point. So all these 911 calls start pouring in. People seeing all this shit running around here near the farm. Kopchak quickly puts his horses in his barn and told his mother, Dolores, because everyone... <laughs> And Zanesville has a mom named Dolores. <laughs> Very true. And he said for her to call Terry and tell him his animals were out. And she couldn't get Terry to answer the phone. So she called 911 shortly thereafter. That's when Sergeant Steve Blake and Deputy Jonathan Mary, as in Merry Christmas, were the first ones to arrive on the scene. Deputy Mary attempted to make contact at Kopachak's home before he was charged by a loose wolf. Oh, fuck. He called his supervisor on the scene, uh, Sergeant Blake, and Blake informed him to kill the wolf with his duty firearms. And here's a little interview excerpt from Deputy Jonathan Mary. I had to run run through a field. It was, it was in a uh, hay field. Unfortunately, I had to fire on the wolf. This would mark. Yeah. So there was um, all kinds of wild animals out of the property. I mean, can you imagine being in the line of duty and just seeing a fucking wolf? Uh, a wolf wouldn't be that scary. A lion or a full size African. Any of them. Yeah. I, I ain't trying to fuck with them. No, I'm not trying to fuck I'm with them. I'm trying to go with home. I'm trying, I'm trying to, to go home. I'm trying to beat, beat my monkey. monkey. Yeah, I'm trying to beat a monkey off for sure. <laughs> Um, like I said, he tried, Deputy Mary tried to make contact Kopachak's because that was his first, that was the first thing that Sergeant Steve Blake told him to do was to go check on the neighbors. It was long, it wasn't long after he killed the wolf that chaos ensued. Dispatch reported that there was a lion cornered at the front entrance of the Thompson's property. The deputies and Ohio State Patrol shut down the main roads in that area at that time. They also put up large signs that exotic, dangerous animals were on the loose. How do they have that sign ready? I think it's like <laughs> one of those programmable road signs. Oh, okay. I saw it, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, damn, they already knew. Yeah, they were ready for this. <laughs> Police were under strict orders this time to shoot and kill animals that were Ugh. outside the fence, not That's the so animals sad. that were still on the property, right. but animals that had made it outside of their enclosures and outside the fence. And some people are saying right now that are listening, you're just like, 
these poor fucking animals are getting shot and killed right on the spot. The tiger, beautiful. These are beautiful animals, okay? The problem is, this is in Muskegon County, Ohio. They've probably got a fucking gas station mm-hmm. and maybe a hot dog stand. Yeah, there ain't shit there. There's nothing. And I promise you, there's no handbook at the local sheriff's department on how to handle something like this because nothing like this has ever happened, happened ever in the entire world. So to the defense of the sheriff's department, they were just picking these animals off They're, And I will play an interview here in a little bit of what the sheriff was thinking at that time, because there were. you got to make some calls on the fly right there that aren't going to make a lot of people happy. But yeah. they, I think ultimately they did as best they could. I don't know necessarily if there was you, you can't take the chance of allowing these these animals to to essentially kill humans and because that's they'd already said that they were charging people and they these weren't socialized animals they weren't you know they weren't nice (laughs) (laughs) jesus socialized animals uh while and while deputy mary was responding to the lion at the front gate he saw two other deputies that were about to be tangled up with a loose bear mary uh deputy mary stopped and shot and killed the bear at this time, Mary went ahead and got his patrol rifle, and he killed a charging lioness Ugh. and a mountain lion headed towards Kobachak's property. I'm sorry, Kopchak's property. While he was chasing the mountain lion, an African lion Ugh. tried to exit the property that Mary uh, shot as well. He had killed three or four exotic animals at this point in under an hour. This is the point in the story where things start to get pretty muddied, to say the least. This theory is coming from a YouTube channel that I found called Stupid Beyond Belief. (laughs) And these are also coming from... And this guy did a really good job laying this entire investigation out over over half an hour. So props to him. And uh, this is also coming from the police reports from the Muskegon County Sheriff's Office. The belief is his other neighbor, who killed his Rottweilers might have had a little to do with everything that was going on. The sergeant, Sergeant Blake, who was the first one on the scene, and he's the one that sent Deputy Mary to check on the neighbors. He also told dispatch to keep calling the Thompson's house to try and get him to answer to wrangle his fucking animals. He advised his captain via radio that there were wild animals on loose, and there was a farmhand that that came from Polk's farm, which Frank Polk was the one that shot his Rottweilers. And uh, the farmhand came to the gate of Terry Thompson's property to investigate the sirens, and he also opened up the gate to the property so the sheriffs could make entry. It was never mentioned in the police report that Polk and his farmhand were on the scene to open the gate, which is really strange to me. That would be something that Anytime as a police officer, you got to go onto someone's property that's for something, an investigation, like you got to have a reason why, you know, and I would think that like it would be part of the report to say I ran the fucking gate over with my car or that there were two people that came from an adjacent farm right. that let me in the fucking gate, but that was never mentioned. Um, this begs the question, why in the fuck would they even open the gate at all with all those animals? So he had to make this a little clear in your mind. He had a bunch of small enclosures with a large outer perimeter fence. So he had 
dozens, maybe even hundreds of small enclosures mm-hmm. on his property. Then he had a large fence that ran the entire perimeter of his property. Makes sense. And this gate that I keep talking about was the gate on the outer perimeter to get into his property. And like I said, it begs the question, why even fucking bother opening that gate? For one, because you see all those wild animals running around inside. There's titty monkeys, there's bears, there's jaguars. You don't want to let that shit out. Hell no. Okay, my wife just entered and asked us if we wanted hot sausages. We both agreed. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. In this YouTube investigation, he lays it out. He puts the timelines up against one another of Sergeant Blake versus Deputy Mary. And the timelines are definitely skewed if you put them up against one another. Mary, Deputy Mary, would have been pursuing the wolf at the same time the neighbors were letting Sergeant Blake into the gate. And they would have passed right by one another. Sergeant Blake's account says he drove up to the house and blew his horn with no answer, returning back to the front gate. But nonetheless, while Mary is chasing down a fucking wolf... He passes these guys at the gate. You would think there would be some type of transaction like, hey, don't open that fucking gate. There's wild animals up in that bitch. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But that's why I'm glad that this guy put these timelines up against one another, because certainly it is a little bit skewed. Upon returning back to the gate from the house, like I said, Sergeant Blake went up to the house. He's blowing his bullhorn trying to get Terry to come outside. Sergeant Blake told John Moore, you know, the far, uh, Terry's helper, because mm-hmm. John had just arrived, that he told, Sergeant Blake told John Moore that Terry wasn't home. And John Moore asked him to confirm whether the white van was up by the house, which um, Sergeant Blake said, yes, the white van was up by the house. And that was the only vehicle, <laughs> that, was the, that was the transport vehicle for the lion that got out earlier. So... He said, if the white van is up there, then Terry is, is, is indeed home. Um, on John Moore's account, which he's the one that wrote the book, says that the property was already littered with dead animals at this point, that they weren't just shooting ones off the property. They were indeed shooting ones that were on the property as well. As Sergeant Blake to- uh, took Moore, uh, as he took John Moore up to the house to find Terry, Moore noticed that some of the cages were cut open and oh. even more animals were running loose. Damn. Some of the animals, though, were still contained. John Moore tells Sergeant Blake that they can still save some of the animals. He's able to wrangle Simba Jr. and Mufasa away from the front door of the house so they can enter and search the residence. And they Simba Jr. <laughs> I don't know what the fucking name is. Jesus Christ. Simba Jr. Like when your dog dies and you like yeah. spot, and you know, now we got Spot Junior. Yeah, Spot Two. I don't want to have to change my fucking. Yeah. So he wrangles these whatever they were away from the front door so they can go inside and try and find Terry. But what they were greeted inside by were two shrieking monkeys <laughs> named Kong and Kane. And he said, uh, "You don't want to get near those fucking monkeys because <laughs> once they latch onto your hand, you got to beat those monkeys off in order to get them to unlatch from your hand." Yeah, fuck that. Once they left the inside of the house, John Moore located two 15-month-old lionesses named Kenya and Kanya, which huh. are lions with vaginas, <laughs> lions with pussies. And Kenya was still inside of her open cage, and he remembers locking and securing the cage. After turning the corner of the cages, 
he found his friend, Terry Thompson, lying on the ground, presumably dead at this Ooh. point. There was also, and I'm not making this up, at the time he discovered Terry Thompson's dead body, there was a white tiger named Solomon that was consuming Terry's genitals. <laughs> tiger ate his dick <laughs> off. Get over here, Solomon. Eat my dick. <laughs> you like Jack Link's beef jerky? I love it. Yeah. So this lion, and they say this is like this lion was the one that was, uh, I'm sorry, this tiger is a white tiger, was the one that Terry was closest to <laughs> for fucking fuck's sake. <laughs> That's what I tell my wife all the time. I say, if I die, I want you to eat my penis <laughs> off. Eat, eat my wiener. Because I don't want to have to use my dick in heaven. And then come, you come up there and I'm arguing with me and shit. Oh, man. That's a good tactic. Just Yeah. Babe, if I die, take my penis off. I don't need it in heaven. I want it down here with you. I want it with you forever. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I'm watching that stupid fucking Tiger King documentary. Mm-hmm. And in one picture, they're holding up a dick. <laughs> like a horse dick. And they cut off of a fucking dead it's horse. Fucking crazy, man. Oh, God. What a piece of shits. Everyone in that documentary is a piece of shit. They really are, yeah. yeah. Every one of them. Uh, so here we are at the point where the white tiger is eating Terry's penises. Uh, <laughs> Penis. John Moore, Peni. John Moore <laughs> begged Sergeant Blake to wait while he wrangled the tigers so he could tend to Terry. And Sergeant Blake said, no, he's fucking dead. We need to get the fuck out of here. And if I was Sergeant Blake, I'd say, I'm not fucking with that tiger. Hell no. <laughs> he's a dick off. eater. <laughs> he's a dick eater. <laughs> Oh, I get it. <laughs> Sergeant Blake had no interest and could see that Terry was dead, obviously. So they went back down the hill to the gate. In the official report by the police department, Terry had blue bolt cutters. Edit that out, sorry. <laughs> Terry had blue bolt cutters and a Ruger 357 near his dead body. So presumably he had killed himself. Okay. Um, the... <laughs> And they make a big hoopla about the fact that um, the bolt cutters and the gun were a good 15 to 20 feet away from his body. Well, if he shot himself and he had a tiger eating his dick, there's probably a good likelihood that he got dragged around by his dick for yeah. at least a few feet. Yeah. And, a, you know, a tiger is not going to care about batting a gun around, even if it was right <clears throat> beside him to get yeah. to a dick to eat. I can't even put myself in the mind of a white tiger. I know the... F- if I was a white tiger, the first thing I'm not going to do is eat a dick. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. I'm going to go look for all the lionesses. Well, maybe the testes are succulent. <laughs> I'll let you find out later. How about that? The first two witnesses, Terry and John, I'm sorry, John Moore and Sergeant Blake, they made no report of seeing the gun or the bolt cutters at all in the report. Okay. During the investigation, they had to trace the firearm that was found near his body and remember this guy had a lot of guns at one point and every single one of those guns had the serial number removed people close to terry said that including john moore who was his closest assistant said that he did not own a 357 ruger though and it still had its serial number on the gun which was very strange for terry the registered owner of the firearm was a local police deputy named james paxton fishy he was questioned by the ATF, um, and he said that he, you know, he was a former federal firearms dealer, and he ran a small gun shop, and that he had sold the gun to himself. And this comes from the uh, report from the detective at the ATF. He said, on Monday, 
October 24, 2011, at 8.45 a.m., Deputy Paxton came to my office. He related that over the weekend, he had searched and was unable to find any other records concerning this gun other than where he purchased it and sold it to himself. He also indicated he had tried to recall who he may have sold the gun to and was unable to do so. On Thursday, October 27th at 2011, Deputy Paxton came to my office again. He related he has continued trying to think where this gun went and has talked to other friends that he associated with at this time in his gun business, his fellow shooting enthusiasts at the time, and fellow deputies. These conversations have not caused him to know, I'm sorry, have not caused him to know or even have any idea where this gun went. End Hmm. of summary. That is not a good, that is not the right answer. Yeah, definitely not. You think you know who you sold the fucking gun to? And he said that he probably sold the gun when he was going out of business. There was no, and this is where it's fucked up, there was no formal investigation conducted into where this gun came from or where it went. I just want to say that he had 133 fucking guns with a serial number grinded off, and this one didn't have it grinded off. Right. Yeah, that that definitely, that's a red flag. Yeah. And one thing to note, his close assistant, John Moore, who was very in tune with where all the rifles were hidden throughout the, because they had a, they have a safety plan for if something like this happened. If the animals got loose, they had rifles stationed all over the property where John, I'm sorry, Terry made it very clear to John. He said, we are in the business of protecting the public. We can't let these animals get out. So if it comes down to whether we need to shoot an animal, we have to do it because human life was number one priority as far as Terry was concerned. Right. Sergeant Blake, at that point, takes John Moore back down to the gate again, and the sheriff is finally on scene. And he, before they even get back, the, the sheriff, who's the head of the sheriff department, is already calling out that there's a dead body with no... Remember, they saw him laying there, and John's like, we got to save him. And Sergeant Blake's like, there's no saving him. He's dead. I mean, you ate my dick off. I would probably want to die. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Spit that out! I need that back. I need that back. Spit out two dicks. I don't want two dicks put back on. <laughs> And, oh, God. So the sheriff gives his explanation of why, to go back, it doesn't make sense that the sheriff would already be like, oh, we got a dead body up there. Yeah. They, don't, they don't know for certain. He, you know, especially if he just arrives onto the scene. Yeah. And John Moore, he, had, he was pleading to go back up onto the property and lock up the animals, but they were having no part of it. And just to put this interview in here this is the sheriff speaking to put you in his mind of why he made the choice to start killing these animals and he, his explanation is actually kind of good so we'll let him uh this is coming from the columbus dispatch news conference muskingum county sheriff matt lutz was asked why the shoot to kill order was issued last night you know it's a very good question i'd be glad to answer that when our officers arrived on the scene we had approximately one hour to an hour and a half of daylight. Uh, as officers got out of their cruisers, there were animals running loose outside of the fenced area. To set the table for you a little bit, uh, Mr. Thompson had numerous cages up around his house, and that's where these animals were kept at, in the cages. 
Uh, it's a long drive, probably two football fields, I would say, three football fields, up his driveway to his house, down to his front gate. Uh, the, the front gate is just, just off the main throughway there of Copecheck Road. Um, we had animals outside that fenced area along the road that were trying to get loose. I had deputies that had to shoot animals with their sidearms at close range. That's how volatile this situation was. We are not talking about your normal everyday house cat or dog. These are 300 pound Bengal tigers. These are jungle pussies. Um, when we got here, obviously public safety was my number one concern. I gave the order on the way here that if animals looked like they were going out, they went down. We could not have animals running loose in this county. We were not going to have that. Uh, once we got here, uh, realized the uh, severity of the situation, we, at that point, um, started running into a problem with darkness. Uh, we, again, were not going to have animals running loose on this farm at night. Uh, we can document numerous animals that got over the fence, uh, were out in the wooded areas outside the property that we've had to put down. We had officers down on the interstate that were preventing animals from crossing the interstate into our subdivisions and in our community. Uh, today, when day ship, when daytime hit, day we shit. went into the area. <laughs> We've been evaluating and getting head counts. We've been recovering bodies. We just had a, a, a huge uh, tiger, an adult tiger, um, estimating 300 pounds, um, that was very aggressive. We did get one of the vets close enough, uh, unbelievably so, within 10 to 15 yards, got a tranquilizer in it, and this thing just went crazy. It started to take off. It headed away from us to the wooded area, and our officers put it down. We, we did not think we could take a chance of whether we got the dart in it, and we could not take a chance on whether the thing would get loose uh, and get out into the neighborhoods. So that's why, that's the, some of the scenario that went down. The other issue of that, we did not have any tranquilizer darts with us. We do not carry them. Uh, we have the wilds in our county that, that work with us very, very well. They know that if we, if we uh, need them, they'll call. Um, we, we had them coming immediately, and we had them here in case we did get some animals into subdivisions that was not safe to shoot in, that we could take them out with tranquilizers. Well, I, he's firm. He sounds like an asshole. But I feel like his head was in the right place. I get it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so sad that these beautiful animals had to be taken down like that. Right. It's not the ideal option, but it's what they had available at the time. They had, um, when they had John Moore back at the gate, they forced him to make a list of every animal that he could remember being on the farm. He said there were three grizzly bears, six black bears, one baboon, six, or I'm sorry, nine lions, three mountain lions, 18 tigers, Jeez. two wolves, eight lionesses, one black leopard, one spotted leopard, one leopard, and three monkeys. Moore claims in his book that a SWAT team essentially showed up at one point, and it's led by a former Marine uh, deputy, Jay Lawhorn. And this guy sounds like a fucking fuck nugget. <laughs> sounds like a piece of shit. He claims that he went onto the property and killed loose animals, and he, I'm sorry, John Moore claims this, that, that Lawhorn went on the property and killed animals that were still inside their enclosures. These officers in this essentially a hit group, they were armed with AR-15s, M4 rifles, and many other uh, automatic weapons. 
This is the team of officers that are officially listed as the ones who found the pistol near Terry's body and indicate that it was indeed a suicide. They would not let John Moore leave the scene. They even confiscated his phone and said there was a no picture order that was being instituted, Hmm. which is fishy. Non-constitutional, I do believe. Deputy Lawhorn said the animals were bursting out of their cages, even though they've been held there all that time with no problems. He said they were bursting out of their cages and clawing at the sides of the truck. My men performed heroic work up on top of that ranch. And just, uh, like I said, he sounds like a fucking douchebag. He might not be. He might be a great guy, but he sounds like a shit nugget in this. Bursting out of their... Uh, that's complete over-exaggeration, I guarantee uh, that. Uh, tranquilizers, like the sheriff said in the interview, were brought in from a local animal sanctuary called the Wilds at around 6.30 p.m., but there was no real intention of using them. They eventually got an ambulance up there to pick up Terry's body, but it was obviously that he was beyond help at this point. They used raw chicken to bait Solomon back to the barn. They just used a big old giant double dog hey. dildo. Hey, get off the dick. Get off his dick. I got some chicken. Yeah, it's like a giant rubber dick from the barn. Uh, John Moore's like, ah, oh, you boys, I see ya. He's like the guy with the, the, the fucking hunter in Jaws. I see you boys hanging up raw chicken for that white tiger. That white tiger likes dick. <laughs> Hope you got a chicken dick in there. He likes flaccid, <laughs> hairy old man dick. <laughs> oh, you should see my quarantine pubes right now. Absolutely majestic. <laughs> Your dick's in quarantine too. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> the final, the final animal was put down around ten forty-seven that night. Damn, a, that's dark. Yeah, a bear was spotted near I seventy. Which is runs right through where we're at. He has a major highway. Using a thermal imaging camera from the fire department. Now, that night, Deputy Lawhorn and Deputy An- uh, Adam Swoop were stationed at the property all night with floodlights as security. These officers were there to secure the scene until the next day, until everyone could come back. They saw two headlights drive onto the property in the middle of the night. More police units were called to come investigate the vehicle that had entered the property. It was two people that were returning a deceased lion. Oh, <laughs> shit. They saw the dead lion next to the road. And they picked it up, and they put it in their Jeep, and they started to take it home, and they're like, oh, man, we better take this fucking tiger back to the fucking tiger farms. <laughs> they drove the fucking thing back, and the cops caught him trying to return the dead lion, and they were arrested and in charge, and they were, uh, yeah, they were eventually found guilty. Damn. Yeah, so the... The deputies the next day, they, there's an infamous picture that, that's circulated from this incident, and it's a muddy driveway that's yeah. just completely littered with, with animal bodies, dozens of dead exotic animals. Mm-hmm. It's a disgusting fucking picture, but they were using ATVs to drive all around the property to pick up these animals to bring them back up towards the house. And what they, and what I did find out, they, once they were done, they just, they fucking left. They they just left. They said, "All right, investigation's done." They left all these animals oh there gosh. in the driveway, and John Moore, the assistant, had to dig up, use a backhoe and dig up graves and bury all of these animals. I think it was like fifty fucking animals or something. I don't remember how many. It was, it was. a lot. Yeah, there, he had to bury all these animals himself. The police just left them there and it didn't help him at all. They, uh, <laughs> but those guys were charged with the theft of the dead lion. 
The next morning, more returned to help save the animals that were still on the property. There was a tiger in the tree line that the, you heard the sheriff talk about, and mm-hmm. they tried to dart the lion, like he said, but they had to shoot it. Oh, I think our food's done. Mm, we're going to pause. Pause it. My wife just dropped off a shipment of hot sausages here in the basement with macaroni and cheese. So... The rest of this episode's going to suck. <laughs> We're really going to try and just blow through it real quick. We're like, getting bombarded with smells and... Like we do all the other episodes. It's, usually, it's not usually just us farting, but this blow is... Blow through it and blow each other. <laughs> yes. So they did. They darted this lion, this tiger, and they had to end up killing it. And for damage control, they brought in Jack Hanna. He was a famous oh, yeah. zookeeper from the Columbus Zoo. And they did all kinds of inter, and he was just trying to save face for the entire sheriff's oh. department in the entire state, really. And this is another interview with um, the sheriff, and Jack Hanna chimes in here as well. Maybe. Uh, I wanted to put uh, our public to ease a little bit that uh, we have recovered the mountain lion, we have recovered the bear. Uh, that leaves us with what we believe is only two animals that are missing from this farm. And one would be the monkey and one would be a wolf. <laughs> wolf. Uh, at that point, um, that is that is what we have. And I wanted to get that out to you now. Uh, I don't want a lot of questions. What the fuck is a wolf? <laughs> a wolf. We lost a wolf. That's what a dog does. Uh, wolf. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a dog does. <laughs> wolf, wolf. <laughs> we was out there hunting for wolves. <laughs> what a stupid fucking hillbilly. It's a wild bark. This is This stuff was going on national news and this guy hops on there and says we're missing a wolf a monkey and a wolf there's a monkey there's you might have to beat it off you have to beat the wolf off you know there's a lot of women that make a lot of money on the internet beating dogs off and shit there's, <laughs> business, there's business in that so yeah. do you ever feel like you need to fall back because we will have some more information at three o'clock we uh we will be releasing the 911 cds there were only two phone calls um, one is, I know, a neighbor in the area. The other, I don't know, if it was a passerby or was another neighbor. It was a wolf. Uh, those are the only two calls. Uh, we will form a line, and I would like to have you print your name, put your agency down, show your credentials, and do a signature for me so we can make sure that you all get one and make sure I know who's getting them. Okay? Uh, any quick questions on that part of the information? And I- when you say put down, you mean tranquilized or killed? They were killed. And, and this was last night. This was last night. They just, yes, yes. They they were they were shot by our officers. Evidently, the one lion sounds like uh, the one that was in the pack that we had put down four at one point. Uh, he probably was wounded and, and got to that yard and and uh, expired. Um, we we are going to have more to comment on those animals at three o'clock. Real quickly while we're here, so I don't have to answer the question. There's Jack Hanna. I was concerned if you know I've been saying about the, the lion. The sheriff has just answered about the lion. That was one of my biggest concerns. The monkey, the, the monkey can, whatever he can, I'm not concerned about that right now. Uh, one <laughs> Fuck wolf, that monkey. Uh, I don't know what type of, I know quite a bit about wolves being from Montana or living there part time. Uh, that concerned me, but not as much as a cat. The, the, the major thing as the sheriff wanted to tell you was that the mountain lion has been found. That was a major, major concern. The wolf looks like a dog, basically. Those of you who might be out here and it looks like a wolf. If you see something like a wolf, call the sheriff's office. Even if you're not sure if it's a wolf, call them, and they can get out there. I don't know what color the wolf is, sheriff. I don't know if you know what color. We'll confirm that for three o'clock. At three o'clock, we'll find. At least the color, the color of a 
the cum of a wolf? That's what he said. Green. Get out there. I don't know what color the wolf is, Sheriff. I don't know okay. if you know what color. We'll confirm that for 3 o'clock. Three o'clock color of the cum is what I thought he said. Again, <laughs> it's I'm white, bro. That this is the last of, of the worst is what I'm saying here today. If anything has to be loose right now, it's a good thing it's the wolf and the monkey. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Any other quick questions on that information? Well, that being said, that you're glad it's the wolf and the monkey, what's the danger to the public, if any? I mean, are these animals dangerous, the ones that are left? I'm going to let Jack take that. Well, yeah. A wolf, you just basically have to go up to most wolves and, and yell, and they're gone, okay? I don't know if this, how much this has been habituated. I'm not sure if they played with the wolf. I don't know. So that, that could, playing with the wolf, if, if it knows people, the wolf might just walk right up to you. Which is not good. Because I was a wolf <laughs> so if you see a wolf and it looks like he's going to come up to you, don't act like he's a wolf. Beat it off. Because they're just as wild as anything else. But what I'm saying is, this is not an animal that just kind of comes around here and, and hunts like a cat, you know, just quiet. And this is an animal that's a much different type of hunter. And I don't want to get into all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying that if anything had to come out as good news right now, so far it's good news of what the sheriff just said. I get what he's saying. I totally get what he's and saying. Now, yes. Well. The, the main the main focus of our effort right now has been the you're laughing over there I got a mouthful of sausage <laughs> you're chomping away <laughs> got one gone I figure while he's done the interview I can finish the sausage real quick I ate my macaroni but okay I'll turn it back on Jesus Property Christ itself. Rob I've got some um, substance we, we to say we don't have a lot of people out no. tracking on other properties or tracking animals uh, our, our main priority was to get a head count compare it to the list and find out how many we, we have out. Obviously, the weather, anytime it rains, it affects us if we're doing an outside investigation. But uh, we have ways of dealing with that, and you just cope as well as you can. Well, we, as I said, we, we think we've had them. We, we've got all of them accounted for except for those two. So uh, Jack may be able to elaborate on what a wolf will do in the rain. Um, no, they don't care about the rain. They'll not hunker down. They'll fuck harder in the rain. They'll do whatever they have to in the rain. Well, I know there's a macaque probably, uh, you know, this is what they call a snow monkey. So this kind of monkey. <laughs> Not a titty monkey. Temperatures of, you see them in Japan, they swim on in, in the water. They're one of the few monkeys in the world that swim. If it's a Japanese macaque, they swim, they can go to temperatures 15 below zero. This isn't like other monkeys you think about that would die in cold weather. Like tonight, a lot of monkeys wouldn't live in this. They're, they're warm weather animals. But these animals, this monkey here can survive just about anything. Uh, this macaque. A macaque? <laughs> ah, macaque. <laughs> That lion just bit off my cack. Yeah, hi. Um, I was at your establishment earlier, and one of the keepers asked me if he walked up to me. He said, "Do you want to see macaque?" And I'm really upset. I feel like it was unprofessional. <laughs> That's the name of these monkeys or macaques. Jack Hanna, this <clears throat> saving face for the entire operation, right? It there. really is. He's such a fucking peaceful soul, man. I think uh, Australia has Steve Irwin. We got Jack Hanna. Very true. Australia won on that one for sure. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Jack Hanna kind of strikes me as like the, the Bill Wilkins guy where he seems like he's nice on camera and you call him. He's like, what are you fucking calling me for? <laughs> you know who I am? You don't fucking talk to me. Uh, by, the noon, by noon the next day, they had cleared the property and there was a remaining monkey missing that was assumed that it had been eaten by the other animals. This monkey was carrying herpes B virus. <laughs> infected monkey. <laughs> Don't spank that monkey. They didn't beat this one enough. 
And herpes B, uh, herpes B is completely different than the type of herpes we get as humans. Herpes B can cause brain damage and fucking death. Oh, jeez. So this monkey, he had some shit to give out that <laughs> to fuck you up for real. Then they started receiving calls. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> they started receiving calls that there was a monkey listed on Craigslist in the area. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, hey, Craigslist. <laughs> and the Craigslist listing says, found a monkey in the garbage. It was rooting around. It's cute, but it seemed like it was on the run and when it was wanted by the police. <laughs> he <was> 10K. <laughs> he was offering to sell the monkey for $10,000. <laughs> then there was, they had to wait and investigate this Craigslist ad. It, it was eventually deleted. Then there was another Craigslist ad. There was someone like, please return my fucking monkey. Oh, and they geez. think it might have been Mary. They said it could have been the wife. Okay. Up. Uh, six. There were six animals that survived the massacre, <clears throat> and they were quarantined at the Columbus Zoo, but they were eventually returned to Marion Thompson, his his ex wife. But while in the custody of the Columbus Zoo, one of the jaguars died when they dropped a fucking gate on it and broke oh, its back. Geez. And they that killed the. Fucking Jaguar, dude. Sucks. But the uh, gentleman that did the YouTube video, he hypothesizes that um, due to his I, mental degradation, I guess, that Terry Thompson could have been a subject of or sufferer of CTE. And I watched the documentary on Chris Benoit on Vice. Yeah. What's so funny right now, Rob? Is it a picture of a dick or something? Let me see your cock and balls and you can stay. <laughs> Why does your mom fucking send you stuff like that? <laughs> She's asking, Rob's asking if he can stay and make another episode. <laughs> Apparently he has to show his penis and balls to his I'll wife. go to the bathroom after this. <laughs> Fluff it up. <laughs> Fluff it up. <laughs> make it look big. Take a hot shower. Why are you sweaty? Just kind of watching cops. <laughs> so they, and I'm watching this documentary on Vice, which I recommend if you guys are, you know, much many of you are true crime fans, but hop on um, the Vice YouTube channel and they just did a thing called um, Dark Side of the Ring uh-huh. about Chris Benoit. It's two parts. Yeah, it is such a good documentary. And now what? It, it's ruined it for me. We will never be able to do a Chris Benoit episode because I feel like they, they were the cherry on top of the Sunday. It was such good work that there's no one else that needs to cover that fucking story. Vice always does a really good job. They do. Yeah. So <clears throat> they got a sad story here. All these animals fucking died, and, but it created a lot of laws that are, that are good for these wild animals to help protect them, protect them from people like that bitch, Carol Baskins, <laughs> She's forever going to be known as that bitch, Carol Baskins. <laughs> I was watching it last night. I'm on the episode where the, he thinks they put sardine oil on his boots. Yeah. <laughs> and that tiger starts dragging him. And he says, get off, you bitch. <laughs> I, just love how, I just love how afterwards, she's yeah, she says, he thought that they put like cologne or something. And she's like, no, you got to put something on there like yeah. sardine oil. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, of course, that fucking crazy bitch would know. Get back, you bitch! <laughs> He's hitting it with his crutch. Fires his gun up in the air. Oh, man, what a fantastic thing. So, this was a good episode. A long one, almost two hours about this fucking zoo. And we didn't do too much farting around in the beginning. Yeah, a little bit, buddy. We got some sausages here. I'm going to eat this second sausage. Me too. 
So thank you guys for tuning in this week. I hope you're enjoying your quarantine. Yeah. I hope so, too. <clears throat> hope you're enjoying it. My mouth is on fire right now, but it's okay. I like it. It's a good sausage. Yeah. While you're in quarantine, sitting there doing nothing, tell all your friends to listen to us. Yeah. Give us a review on iTunes. Uh, follow us on Facebook. On the Book of Face. Twitter. And everything Instagram. else. Yeah, yeah everything. All. Find us. Be friends with us. We love you. We love you. I do. I do. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.